Welcome back to the officially unofficial podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We are joined with a longtime friend of the show, one of my good buddies, just signed with the New York Yankees, Nick Ramirez. What is up, NRAM? How are we doing, brother? I'm great, brother. Great to be back on the pod. Um, just living life, you know, off season. Living the dream. And let's, I mean, let's let's address the elephant in the room. I mean, what the fuck? The fuck I mean. <laughs> The New York Yankees? I mean, are you ki- what what's up with that, man? Was was there other teams in the mix? Maybe give us a little background here on what happened with signing with the Yankees. Um obviously like last year, uh the whole lockout and all that stuff and everything, all the transactions were frozen and being late to get the clearance to start signing with guys and or start signing with teams, to even talking to teams. Um this off season, I was like, okay, well, I just hope everything's early this year, you know, cause I was like, I, I threw very well this year. Um, and so me just not like assuming anything, I was like starting to think, I was like, okay, we're getting close to December or whatever. Um, and I just got done working out and I was just took a shower at our, at our training spot. And I look at my phone and it was one of my guys from my agency. And I was like, huh, okay. Like, so I listened to the, um, listened to the voicemail. I was like, Hey, we got an offer, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. So um calling back. And I was like, I was expecting just like so many teams. Cause there's so many teams that I threw very well against this year. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, it's gotta be one of them or whatever. And then I was like, um, I was messing around with my wife. I was like, Hey, the only team that I could not get out in was in Salt Lake. And I was like, I guarantee that I was like, I bet you anything the angels call. And so like, I call him back and he was like, yeah, it's the Yankees. And I was like, damn, I haven't, I haven't pitched against the Yankees since 2019, but I was like, all right, like, let me, and then they sent over this whole like tweet deck thing. And just like a kind of like a PDF presentation. It was, I mean, very, very pro and yeah. kind of, kind of, yeah, I still over. hate them, but yeah, no, I respect that. I mean, I, I respect hey, the hell out of that. It just, the thing is, right. It's like, you want to go somewhere where you have a chance to like be in the big leagues. And obviously last year I texted with you multiple times and I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing in triple a? Like you had like, especially me watching the Toronto blue Jays bullpen, who was ass a lot of the times last year. I'm like, man, the Jays could really use a lefty that carves out of the bullpen. It was just, it was wild last year going to that situation that you had last year. Was it frustrating for you to be able to like absolutely carve in the minor leagues triple a and just not really go anywhere? Like, what was your mindset like just going through that? Um, it was tough. Like, I mean, obviously, it it is it is part of the game. I mean, I'm not going to shoot you, shoot the bullshit, whatever. It's 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 part of the game. Like, yeah. there's guys, I mean, I've seen in my entire career, like, I've never had anything handed to me. I've had to earn every inch inch that I've gotten. But then you, on your other, on the other, other side of it, you get, you see guys that are, don't deserve things don't do anything to get the promotion and they go to the big leagues because of the various names. And so like, obviously last year, like being a late sign, I was like, okay, like I know nothing's going to happen early. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let me just put myself in the best situation to, to be in. And so I think that, I think, I think last year was, was a good, uh, kind of like learning, I guess because like in 20 or in, in 21 when I was in San Diego it was like I if I was in the minor leagues I was I was pissed and I was like I can't wait to get back to the big leagues blah blah and then I get sent down and I'd be miserable the whole time there you know what I mean so it was like um like this year or this past year it was, it was nice because I was like okay I appreciate the job that I have I appreciate the opportunities that I'm constantly getting and um i mean it's tough when you're throwing well um and just nothing happens and then you start asking questions like why 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 like why why don't they like me why am i not going up and it was just like i didn't fit i don't think i fit their mold of what they what they envision bullpen arms throwing you know what i mean like i didn't i didn't throw a sweeping slider that kind of thing yeah no it's just man i'm looking like i said i'm looking at these numbers even the advanced numbers and stuff like that i mean what because that was like Obviously, 2021 was a weird year for you going up and down from AAA to the show. Obviously, you couldn't really get your kind of feet wet anywhere. Yeah. But last year was kind of like, all right, like 
did it give you the kind of understanding where it's like, holy fuck, like I, I could still pitch really good. Like I, I could still be a massive part of a big league bullpen. Like did that, although it was like a tough situation, you being in triple A, was that kind of like a really good year for your confidence standpoint? Yeah, a thousand percent. Like, I mean, obviously like when you go, when you get shuttled from three A to the big leagues, I mean, it's, it sucks because like there's, there's times where you're in the big leagues and you throw two innings and you give up one hit no runs and then you get sent right back down to triple a and then you can go up there and throw an inning and give up five runs and still get sent down so it's like you don't have any there's no like confidence to build off of because you know you're in and then you're out um last year i think was was huge for confidence you know like being able to go out there day in and day out compete um and get outs you know like obviously i was able to work on some things and and develop some pitches into good pitches into better pitches you know what i mean yeah and how hard was it like we i talked about this last week with colin muller how hard is it knowing like even like let's say you get called up but it's just for like a spot relief appearance or whatever like that how hard is it being in the big leagues and knowing like after this game i'm getting sent down no matter even if i go like eight shutties like what's that like what's it like living in that current mindset especially like during your time with the Padres stuff like that. I was like, they're only going to throw me one inning here. And then I'm immediately back to the minor leagues. Like how hard is that on like a person? Like how hard is that on the mindset? Um, I mean, it sucks. Like, I mean, it, it, it sucks because like for one, if you do happen to throw a couple innings and then you stay there and then every single game, you're just like waiting for like the little tap on the shoulder. Hey, Skip wants to see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, and it, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very, it's uneasy. And then I think, I think this year just like had taught me to where it's like, if you're in the big leagues, you're in the big leagues. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you get sent down, you get sent down. So fuck it. You know, like, and it, I think that a lot of guys, if they can understand that like mindset of like, I'm going to get sent down eventually, like because of like this, the role that you're in or whatever, then I think that I mean that can free someone's free free someone's mind up on the mound rather than like oh I have to I have to do this or I'm gonna get sent down you know what I mean it's like no go out there and compete and just play the game that you love you know what I mean yeah in, in your time there with the Padres I got to ask you about a couple of teammates because I got the uh, I mentioned this in the podcast before so I I went to go down to Detroit to go see Musgrove and we went yeah. out after the game with all the guys stuff like that and. uh Nick Ramirez. I don't know if you played with them. Was he there when you were there? No, right? I'm Nick Ramirez. No, not Nick. Sorry. Nick Martinez. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. I, I, no. I'm not the brightest. He wasn't there, right? No, I think he was in Japan when I was there. Okay. But I'm looking at the roster actually right now. Um, You had a fun fucking team there. I mean, our guy, Tim Hill was there. Mark M- Melanson was there. You Darvish, Joe Musgrove. What was that? Because I don't think I had you on when you were there like with the Padres. What was that locker room like? Because just a bunch of alpha males. I mean, you got Manny Machado, Tatis, everyone. So what was that locker room like? If if you had if if like say if you were a manager and you were blessed with that clubhouse and that that just like team chemistry, you didn't you wouldn't have to do anything as manager. You just show up for your job, sit at your desk, and that clubhouse is going to operate itself, and that's it. It was awesome. It's such a sick team. So what was it like an old school type of locker room where after like a, a sweep or what you guys had a good series, you guys would just be cranking beers on the plane, just shooting the shit, playing cards and stuff like that. Was it more old school than like, I guess, some of the other teams? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Who was running the card table? Like what, who was usually on the card table? I mean, obviously, I mean, um, you got the three hundred million dollar man Manny Machado playing there. I mean, was it was it big time, big time money cards being played on that uh, on the planes? Yeah, there was a lot of money being thrown around. <laughs> um, I'm, I, I don't. I mean, the, the card table fluctuated. You know, it was like you'd get some new guys in, and you get some some old guys, and that was it. What? So <laughs> explain like like a old school type of locker room setting, like. Do you guys have, I don't know if you guys have like kangaroo court, but that's something we do in ho- like in hockey here Um, where if like a team does something like weird, a teammate does something weird or like suspect or like they don't clean up their balls in the batting gate or whatever, that, you, that he'd get like a team fine and stuff like that. Do you guys like police yourselves in the locker room? Like if someone was acting like kind of like a dickhead that day, someone would pull him aside and say something like, who was that guy in the locker room that was the leader type that would kind of dictate 
how people acted and stuff like that. For uh, like the pitching standpoint, Stammen for sure. He's like he's great teammate. Um, ten plus years in the big leagues. Um, ultimate ultimate feel, you know. Yeah, and he was he would kind of be like the if someone was getting out of line, it would be Stammen who would who would take care of it. Yeah, there's just so many vets in that locker. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It's like you have uh, Manny Machado, obviously. You had uh, Hosmer, Cronenworth, Will mm-hmm. Myers. Frazier was there for a little bit because I think he got picked up at the deadline um, yeah. for that year. But uh, one story I want to talk about is about you, Darvish, and I think Musgrove told me about this. He said watching his bullpen is the most fucked thing ever. He just throws a hundred different pitches. Did you get a chance to kind of see what this guy does and maybe learn from some of the shit that he did? Dude. Yeah. Like um, Darvish was, was one of those people that you could go to and you can ask a question and you could tell the answer that he was going to give you based off of if he got, he went and got his translator or not. <laughs> like there, cause there was a couple of times I, was, I asked him, I was like, dude, you, how do you, how do you make the ball spin so well? Like you, you spin the ball well, pronating and supinating. Like how, how do you do it? And he went and got his translator and then he's talking to his translator in, in Japanese for what felt like five minutes. And then he explained the whole thing of like what, how, how he, he gets mo- the, the best spin on the ball. And like me being a pitcher that most likely just thinking like, Oh, spin yeah. is my fingertips. And it was just like, he was like, no, spin is not created by your fingertips. It's created by the lat. These two bones need to line up in your hand. And then you pull down as hard as you can with your lat. And I was like, <laughs> um, you, like, it doesn't work for me like that. Like, <laughs> That's one of those guys. And maybe you could maybe give me like a, an instance on a guy that you played with besides you Darvish, but it's a guy where it comes so easy and natural to, it's impossible for him to teach like, uh, other big league pitchers, or even for example, if he goes into coaching, it's impossible for him to coach people on it because to yeah. him it comes so easy. Who's a guy that you played with that was just like, I don't understand why this guy's not hitting? It's like all you got to do is just this, 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 or just someone that makes it look so easy that just can't really teach it to others. Manny Machado. God, he's so fucking impressive. That jersey right there, Miguel Cabrera. Um, guys that are just, I'm trying to think, I mean, Joe, Joe, Joe for yeah. when, when, like when he started rolling and when he was rolling, it was just that he couldn't, he couldn't miss, you know? Yeah. Um, trying to think who else was just lights out. Crony crony's a hell of a ball player. He's uh, so electric trying to think who guys who I've just been like teammates with that are just wow. Um, Tatis? Yes. Unbelievable. What was it like playing with Tatis? Because you were there like obviously when it was Nando and like it was it was before I think he signed that big ticket where he was just like taking over the game of baseball. What was it like playing with that dude? Because first of all, I couldn't imagine what it, what it was like for that guy to like go to a visiting ballpark and just have a thousand fans ask you for a fucking jock strap. So almost it just been absolutely crazy. Um, when I signed there, he signed that that mega deal that oh, okay. for that spring training. So yeah. like I saw all that and like I, I was just kind of it's he's one of those uh, he's one of those people where it's like you're you're new to a clubhouse, so you kind of just take it easy or like take it slow, like and just like slowly build a relationship. You know what I mean? To where it's yeah. like. You're just like, oh, hey, what up, what up, what up? And then it's just like slowly they start to like open up to you. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I it's just it just works with that's how it works with clubhouses, you know. Um, but like when he when we had that uh that series in LA when he hit the three homers. Oh my god. I mean, unbelievable. Like it like the the best athlete I've ever seen in person, just like the the flexibility, the explosiveness, like unbelievable talent he is i think people are undermining like how good he is because obviously you see that padres team now they're just an absolute wagon people are like just underestimating how good this dude actually is it's insane i mean he's gonna be so goddamn good but you mentioned miggy because you got the chance to play with him in detroit i think that was a little bit before you came on there 
is he and this might not even be like a like a good question but is he like the best pure hitter you've ever seen where it's like he doesn't even need to take batting practice he just automatically steps to the plate he's gonna go two for four dude first uh so the i think it was 2020 yeah it was 2020 before we got shut down yeah um miggy doesn't take live bp like how you what? like you know how you, you know how the pitchers show up and like you throw the live BP for the first like outing or whatever it is, and then yeah. you're ready for games. Miggy doesn't take live BP. He takes batting practice, like regular dead arm batting practice, and that's it. Hits in the cage, whatever. And so that was the first year that I noticed it. That I was like, oh, Miggy, Miggy doesn't even stand in. He doesn't do anything. Like I was like, that's crazy. First pitch this guy sees in a game is 97 sinker in <laughs> turned on homer left field, and I was like. I look at, I think I looked at Buck Farmer when it happened. I was like, that's like the first pitch he's seen all spring, right? He goes, yeah. <laughs> Bro, this ball was waffled. It was like, and I look at the scoreboard, it's like 97 or 96 sinker, someone from the Phillies, one of their dudes. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. You're obviously, and he, I've heard nothing but good things about that dude in the locker room. Is he one of the best locker room guy, locker room guy slash superstars you've ever played with? Because obviously you have yeah. that jersey behind you there. I'm sure that was just the easiest question ever is, can I get this jersey from you autographed or whatever it is? But what was he like in the locker room? Um, he was awesome. I mean, he was he was great to me all the time. Um, he he always would tell me like, Hey, if you need anything in Florida, when you're in Miami, you can stay in my house. You can, you need anything. Wow. Um, but like, I, I think that like we, we had a good relationship. Um, Cause like when, when I'd get done pitching, he'd be DH and he'd be in the clubhouse doing stuff like getting ready to hit or whatever in the cages or whatever. Um, and so like, we would just shoot the shit then. And like, I mean, obviously he was, he was one of those guys where you're just kind of like intimidated by it because you, grew up watching you grew like you're like bro i used to play in the show with you you know what i mean like, yeah and so i remember like the first time that was like the first time i like ever had a teammate where i was like damn like, that's sick you know what i mean <laughs> so like obviously my my rookie year in 19 um he like i mean he busted my balls a little bit but then like yeah. kind of like, um kind of opened up and was i mean he was awesome he was a great dude uh and then I mean, he's like great teammate, great clubhouse guy, and I mean, unbelievable player. I was uh, by accident at his 500th home run and his 3,000th hit game. I mean, that guy, the he is, if he doesn't have a statue in Detroit, like, I don't know. And, and speaking about that, this is something that I've, I've never really talked to on the podcast is, is it his, his hitting records and what he has managed to do at Comerica Park is the most underrated, not talked about. Like, that place is a fucking graveyard. You're a former hitter, obviously. You you probably saw it. Like, how fuck how impossible was it for a hitter to hit at Comerica Park? Like, just the gaps, like it's you can't hit home runs there. It's just it, it's fucked. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it's deep. It's deep to center. Like, I mean, it's I think it's what 425, 420. Yeah, yeah it's 425. I mean, it's it's every bit of 420 because I mean it gets humid there. It gets it gets hot. Like the ball doesn't fly there. I mean. There, I mean, granted, there are some days where the ball absolutely goes. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, especially you're you're pitching there when it's, I mean, April, May, and early June is cold. You know, so like no one no one wants to hit in the in the snow and get jammed. The the snow games there are scary. Like I I just remember like when they used to play in like April or like late when they would have a playoff team. It was like you, you got guys don't want to like touch the ball with the bat. It's just insane. Oh, like, yeah. I, think, I think the worst place to play for like being cold was Minnesota. That place was freezing. Yeah. Bro. And like, there's, there's no like closed off part of that stadium. The whole thing's open. It's the Minnesota too. Yeah, I guess. But where you're going, bro, is pretty fucking cold too. <laughs> I mean, New York, yeah. that's near where, like, obviously it's kind of like the same part of the planet where I'm living and stuff like that. And I got to ask you this. How pissed off is your wife and maybe you that you got to fucking fully shave now? I mean, that is a that is the most childish rule. I whatever, I respect it. Good for them, whatever. But like, you got to go fully clean shave now. Like, I saw Ro Rodon. I was like, this is just like this is like it's like a new person. Yeah, um, I, I haven't not had a beard since you were five, 2014, and I met my <laughs> wife in 2016. Okay, so she is she like. Does she know how did you break the news to her? Because she's gonna have to like be like, oh, I'm, my husband's just never gonna have a beard now. 
It was funny because uh, so I got the I got the the call that we had an offer, and um, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna call Tiff, and I was like, No, nah, I'm gonna wait because like our workout spots like nine minutes from our house, and um, I was like, How can I do? How can I like surprise her with this? Like, just like kind of make a joke out of it. And uh, I got home and she was upstairs doing some work and uh, and I was like, Hey, I think I'm gonna shave my beard, and she's like, All of it, and I was like, Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I think the exact words were, ew, why? And I was like, I was like, well, you can't have facial hair with the Yankees. And she's like, oh, wait, what? And then like, that's, that's how I was like, yeah, we just got an offer. And she's like, New York. Okay. And then like, we just like, at first I was like, okay, like, yeah, New York, like it's awesome. Have a good, good offer there, blah, blah, good opportunity. And then like, the more I started thinking about it, I was like, there's fucking Yankees. You know what I mean? Like. And that facility in spring training, like you gotta, you, your kid has to like embrace that. I would take them everywhere because that is like as world class as it gets. I heard just like yeah. the entire facility, Jordan Steinbrenner Field, everything there is gonna be. It's just absurd. Do you know guys on currently on the team and stuff like that? Like any, anyone like reach out to you or you reach out to any guys? Um, I haven't reached out yet. Um, it's actually it's it's gonna be kind of funny. Um, we, uh, I mean, we could potentially have four guys that played high school high school baseball against each other or together it'd be me really cole, me garrett cole higashioka and hicks holy shit yeah we all played on the same travel team from in high school we played against each other in high school um i mean me and garrett were probably grew up 15 miles away from each other higashioka. so he knows you yeah fuck yeah man that's gonna be a cool interaction i mean yeah I hate him, but whatever. I mean, that's, it's going to be cool to like see Garrett and all those guys, stuff like that. So I'm sure he's aware that you're signed there now, right? Um, I'm, I mean, maybe. I don't know if he, I don't think he has social media. So I mean, I don't know if there's, there's a way for him to know. It's such a good chance. I mean, it's a sick opportunity for you, man. Cause obviously that team will always, I mean, they threw, they felt like they threw just a hundred different guys in the bullpen last year, that team. Yeah. So I mean, you're going to get those chance, but I mean, are you mentally prepared for dealing with Yankee fans? I mean, I'm saying like you have one bad outing, they're gonna want you dead. Like they they're uh, as ruthless as it gets. And maybe I don't, I don't think you've played for any fan bases like that. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. Have you mentally prepared yourself for that? If if I mean the way I think about it is if if I'm if I go into it thinking about just all the negative shit, then it's gonna be harder. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> obviously pitching in the big leagues is is you're on the the pedestal no matter what yeah. um and i think that the people in la if especially with oh the that Dodgers, was bad yeah, Dodgers, I, know Padre, yeah. I mean if if you can get through that and just be like okay i still my my heart rate's down then you should be able to handle pretty much anywhere and speaking of uh your wife, I have a crazy idea that I've actually brought up on this podcast for like three or four years. I want to be the producer of an MLB wives podcast where they just get a shit ton of wives on the show. Like there's a host and they just get a shit ton of wives. It's just like a little, I don't know, like a sense of comfortability for all the MLB wives to go over stories and shit that they've been doing. I, I need a host. If your wife wants to hop in the host chair, we'll start MLB Wives podcast, get it popping. We'll get all the wives on it going. I think it's a great idea. I probably think it's an unbelievable idea. Yeah, I'll run it by her. See what she says. I think it's a sick idea. Honestly, like I, there's not really any like MLB Wives podcast that like can even help prepare like the new like like new wives into the game of baseball and stuff like that. Because I'm assuming a lot of like women out there who get who marry Major League Baseball players, they don't understand like what comes with it. Like the psychopath fans that will DM you, your husband's like this, that, all that type of shit. There should be like some sort of course for that shit. And have what's like the worst you've gotten it online? Like the worst you and maybe even your wife or just stuff like that have gotten it online from like a fan base. Um, I I had a bad outing um, Sunday night. It was Sunday night baseball. That was the Musgrove start, right? Yes. And yes. he went like four or something like that. Yeah, he got, I think he got hit around a little bit too. Yeah. And then, so yeah. I came in and it might've not been, it might've been that. Cause we were winning, we were winning when I came in. No. Cause this is what happened. So the game was, you guys had like a five, nothing lead. Musgrove yes. blew the lead. And then some other pitchers, I think you might've come and gave up like two or three. I don't remember how many you gave in. And then it just kept going back and forth. Whoever was taking the lead. Yeah. It was like a yeah. third. It was like yeah. a 20 run game or something like that. 
So I get done with that inning and like all this shit happened quick. Like first, first pitch was to uh, Sheldon noisy. Yeah. It was a change up down and away. Good pitch Homer left center. So I was like, the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Like the, like there's no way you you're pulling that pitch and you're not hitting that ball out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that like the next guy was like a hit and like two pitches. Now it's one, I given up one run runner at first. Um, next guy was like a hit. And then I go three Oh to Chris Taylor. And I, I went back and looked at it. It was like in the, in the K zone, it was on the black, probably like just middle of the strike zone, but just on the black two seam away Homer right center. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, <laughs> bro, like I've thrown like six pitches and I'm, I've just given up a four spot. Like what, what's going on? And so like, I mean, obviously that place is erupting, you know what I mean? And so I get done with that inning. I watch our team hit and I walk back to the clubhouse. And by the time I walked from the clubhouse or by the, by the time my inning start inning ended, we hit and I walked to the clubhouse. I had like 89 comments on my Instagram, my latest post, like posts from years ago. Yeah. All these people just tell me to kill myself. I hope that you're, I hope you're, you and your family are homeless. Like I, that's should, just so fucked. And like all, like all this stuff, like people to like even go into my wife's Instagram. So it's like, I mean, that, that was like my first real taste of like people coming after people on the internet. You know what I mean? And it's all like, oh, you, you owe me so much money. The funny thing is like, we ended up winning the you game. You won. They won. You guys won, won that game. game. Like, I remember that. Like, bro, how do I owe you money? Like, what are you, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, like I think that that was like the first kind of like, whoa, you know what I mean? To where yeah. it's like, got to delete all this shit. I got to make sure like my comments are turned off, like that kind of thing. But then, I mean that that I guess that comes with it. Imagine Every, like everyone's tough behind a keyboard, bro. Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, I get it. I get it really bad on social media. Some like with the some stuff that I do, but um, I, I imagine how bad it is for like a like a super superstar. Like imagine how bad Bryce Harper gets it. Like imagine how bad Garrett Cole, who obviously gets a lot of it from especially like even Yankee fans give it to him for fuck's sakes. But imagine how bad it is for those guys. Like does it make a like being in those shoes? Do you understand, even though how hard it probably is, do you understand that why they don't have social media? Like, or do you like understand, like it probably makes the most sense to not have it? No, I, I think, yeah, I think I, you definitely understand it. Um, but like the funny thing is, is I'd say 99% of the people that are going onto someone's social media and commenting on all this BS, they're the first people, if you, they saw you in public, to ask you to sign something. 100%. I mean, A so million like, fucking percent. And it's and it's just one of those things where it's like you you keep that in the back of your mind. You're like, okay, you're you're trying to you're trying to come to my Instagram because you think you're funny or whatever it is. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, you're also the, the same person that's in in public. Hey, can I get a picture? You know what I mean? So it's like, all right. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I so going into that Mariners team you played with last year in the minors, stuff like that. Who was one guy on that team last year where you're like, this guy is just fucking disgusting? Because you got to play with, like, George Kirby. You got to play with Matt Brash, Canada's very own. Who was one guy that you watched pitch and you're like, this guy is going to be a freak of nature in the big leagues for a long period of time? Brash. Really? I, I faced him growing up. I, I mean, I don't even remember really, like, playing against him and stuff like that. But I do know he's just, like, a freak. Yeah. I mean, Kir Kirby, Kirby came down for a little bit, and I think it was just to, like, give his armor break um, yeah so i mean i got i gotta throw i gotta see him throw once and it was like two innings um and but i mean brash the stuff that he, what he can do with the baseball is crazy he's gonna like and plus like i was because he would it was funny because he saw my changeup and he was like dude i need to learn how to throw a changeup so like i for like a week straight we're like okay let's let's learn a changeup because <laughs> you're gonna be untouchable and I mean, just kind of the way his like his hands are hands are and like he's got like long fingers and stuff. So it's like hard for him to kind of grasp a change up. Um, but I mean, we worked on it and and I was like, dude, if you can get a change up, you will be untouchable. I promise you. He's so good. But yeah. The the way he can split a baseball and make make a ball sweep and make a ball run is incredible, especially at the velocity he can do it at. I wonder what I have lifetime against Matt Brash. I wish I, I wish I could, it was just easily accessible for me to pull that up, just like it is for you guys. But playing in Tacoma, man, I mean, fuck, 
that's I mean that's not the easiest place to play. What was it like there? I mean, um, what 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 was shit you guys would do? Did you guys golf or did, like what was like fun stuff you guys did down there? Um, I mean, so like the the new Triple A's that like uh, scheduling was so nice. I mean, having Monday off every week. Um, we played Chambers a couple times. That place is sweet. I mean, that's that's you played really, Chambers Bay. Yeah, really. Hard. How hard is that track? So I, we played it. Um, it was. I think a week before the LPGA tour event they had there, Holy so shit. It, was in, it was in tour conditions. Um, I, that was the first course that I've ever walked. So <laughs> I hate walking. I said, I, I am the most against walking of all time. I'm never, ever, 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 ever going to do that again. Like, so <laughs> we played it and like, we played it thinking that we're like, Oh, it's, it's nice. It's finally warm. By the way, remind me about the story about being warm after this. <laughs> so we play it and it's like 93, 94 and it like it is cooking. And then so finally the wind kicks up every hole we, we teed off on until like 17 wind was straight at your teeth. So like, I was like, okay, well, I was like, at least there's huge banks on the wall. Like if you, <laughs> if you lose a ball, block a ball left, pull a ball, right, whatever, it'll trickle down. No. That shit plugs up there and you got to walk up there and try and find your ball. <laughs> There's so much like fescue and like weeds and shit. Like, bro, my golf shoes were ruined. Like, that's how much shit was like in my shoe. Like, bro, I, I went and played golf the next, like, I think two weeks later, I went to go put my foot in my shoe and I'm like, bro, I can't even wear these. <laughs> like, it, it hurt so bad, bro. Like the next day, my body was torched. And like, I mean, granted, you have one of those like walking walking caddy daddies or whatever they are like yeah. the walking rolling bags and i was like bro this is still miserable like there was times where you're just letting your bag roll down the hill and you're like oh, i'll get it at the bottom because i don't want to like try to like slow down and slow this bag down <laughs> but it, that course is impossible it just it oh. looks like i would shoot like 200 there bro like i i because usually i shoot like on a good day, it's like 82, 83, and then a bad day is like 95. Yeah. I think I turned in like a 104. <laughs> and I was like, like this is brutal. But yeah, uh, that's fine. Back, back to it being warm there. So like I get I get to uh get to our apartment and we were staying right in between Seattle and Tacoma. Yeah. And uh, so I get all moved in and everything. Um and so I walk in and, and like at that time it was like 40 degrees out, whatever. So I was like, okay, like, cool. I'm gonna, and then like the, the thermostat was set to like 70. I was like, fuck that 65. And so I turn it 65 and I was like waiting for it to kick on. And I'm like, all right, like whatever. So I was like, <laughs> I turn it all the way to the right heater kicks on. So I was like, turn that bitch down 65, nothing happens. So I was like, uh, whatever. So I'm gonna call the front desk. I was like, Hey, my AC is not working. And they're like, AC. I was like, yeah, like my air conditioning. <laughs> and they're like, we don't have that here. I was like, well, hold on a second. You're telling me I'm paying $3,500 a month for an apartment and I don't have air conditioning. <laughs> and they go, they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It doesn't get hot here or whatever. So I was like, okay. So for the first two and a half months, I was like, this is perfect. Like my apartment's like 65, 66 degrees, freezing. It feels great. Uh, like July, end of July rolls through. Bro, they're like, oh, record heat wave rolling in, blah, blah, blah. I was like, damn, it's going to get hot, whatever. So we got one of those like tower fans that tells you how hot it is in the room or whatever that's like blowing air. Bro, I got home at 1030 at night after a night game. It was 97 degrees in my apartment. <laughs> Bro, so like, and then of course I'm like, dude, I got to go buy an AC unit. The only place you could hook up the AC unit was behind the dresser. There's no other way to configure this room and put, put, uh, the furniture anywhere else so i was like okay that's out so i was like okay let me get a let me get like a window unit the one window we had in our in our living room swiveled out and then our door to our patio was, was the door there was no there was no windows so i was like okay so let me think what i need to do so i'm like looking on amazon all this shit i have to end up buying like a, a space cooler where you like put ice in the bottom with water oh my god there and I was like, that's not even working. So I was like, fuck this. So then I went to Home Depot and got one of those like construction fans. 
and like rigged it. So it would sit like above the door, above the patio and just blow air in. Bro, it was like a turbo jet blowing air. How, but wait a second. How do, how do you pay 3500 for an apartment and it doesn't have AC? Like, I would have murdered someone. How, how is that even a thing? You tell me. So, but you, they know it's going to get warm. Like, that's like, I'm assuming the temperature there is kind of like what it is here, where it's like cold as fuck in the winter and stuff like that, like it is right now, which is fine. You don't really need, obviously, heat or AC. But... In the summer, it's just humid as fuck. It's a nightmare, and it's just all like you don't want to leave the house because you'll just start per, like just sweating like a motherfucker. They don't have AC at all. Like there was just no option uh, ever. Like some guys had AC in their unit, but like they lived at different apartment apartment complexes. Like the one we lived at was nice. It was newer. Like it wasn't like something that was built in like 1980. It was built like recently, and it was nice. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those spots where it was like they, you, it was the apartment complex. And then right under it, there was like shops and stuff and like coffee shop, boba shop, food spot. You know what I mean? And like right across the way, it was like a shopping center. That so is, yeah, it was tough. And like, they make, I think they, they charged us like one fifty for parking a month. And bro, like I'd get home at 11 o'clock from a night game, no parking, not a single spot. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, I'm paying for this parking and I can't even park here. Tough, bro. Like it was that that's tough. criminal. I mean, you won't have to worry about that with the Yankees, bro. They're gonna get you in some I mean, obviously, I know you deal with where you guys live and shit like that. They're gonna probably you'll probably find a sick fucking spot. But yeah. I wanted to go into that month of May. I think I was texting you about this because this is when I was just texting you, like, what the fuck are you doing in triple A? You had a point nine three in an entire fucking month. What yeah. was going like right for you that month? Was that maybe like the best you felt in a very long period of time? Like, what was happening there? Um, I mean, especially in the PCL, man, like that, like, I think I, I don't know what it exactly would be, but if you took out salt Lake and because like, that was my, my kryptonite, I like, yeah. I think the, the last outing I had in salt Lake with like a week left of season was like the first time I had a zero there and it was to finish a game. And I like literally like I celebrated. I was like, I did it. <laughs> but I think at one point with salt Lake, if you eliminated Salt Lake, I had like two earned runs on the year out of nine. What's like, so hard about pitching there, though? The altitude. I can't. I I couldn't get the ball to move. Really? So, so like the altitude, the the high altitude spots are is Albuquerque, Salt Lake, Reno, um, Las Vegas. Um, I mean the whole the whole park or the whole like, I think Tacoma is the best spot because it's the lowest. So like I had no idea about altitude until we played in Denver with San Diego. I was like, oh, whatever, altitude. You can't like it doesn't you can't breathe that well, whatever. But then you start throwing shit and like you throw a sinker and it cuts, and then you throw a cutter and it sinks. Wow. But like, I mean, and plus like going to Salt Lake, like it like all you know, like all the the advanced metrics of like the the pitch movement and stuff, like breaking balls would be seven to eight inches less wow yeah and then like fastballs are the same like my sinker usually would get like 17 inches of run and in salt lake it was like eight or nine that's absurd that's i mean that's just crazy and you mentioned vegas i want to go into that i mean what was it like visiting vegas i mean were you guys like did the boys fire the casino like Obviously, I'm assuming you guys went there a pretty decent amount. I think I know you guys only went there once, right? Went there, um, went there twice. Twice. Were the boys getting after a little bit? Because I know you're there no. for like five or six days, right? Did we? I think we went twice. Yeah. So we we would we would be there for six days, and that was perfect too. Like because uh, we I think when we went to um, Vegas, we went from OKC or Tacoma to Oklahoma City, which is only five hours from my house. So my wife and son were able to drive up and just be there for that road trip. And then they left a little bit early and drove back to Austin and then flew to Vegas. So it was nice. Like we have, I had my, almost my entire family out there and um, yeah, I mean the casinos, it's, it's great spot to stay. Cause like it's the, the yards right here. And then like and the you, red rock. Yeah. And yeah. the red rock casino. I mean, I love staying there because for one it's off the strip. It's not like super crazy, but like, if you want to go gamble, you can. Yeah. And you wake up in the morning, you go across the street and there's, an entire shopping center with food, coffee, all that, everything it's you can sick. need. Yeah. Great setup. It's sick. I, I like those guys that play for the Las Vegas fit or I don't know what they're called. The aviators. They're yeah. living the dream. I mean, yeah. Red Rock is such a sick casino. It's clean. It's in a clean area. 
the mm-hmm. stadium's close and it's such a good area. I'm actually going to yeah, be there next so week. Yeah, it's I want to be I want to be there next week in Vegas. I think I'm going to go uh, go see Amir and stuff like that. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, dude, Vegas is the best. I mean, it's just that's I think and I have a hot take. I think Arizona is the best state in America. Is that a crazy take? Like how clean it is? I mean, it does get fucking warm as fuck, but Arizona is like my favorite state on the planet. I don't know if that's just a Canadian thing. Are you, thing are you basing that just off of Scottsdale? Yeah, Scottsdale. Yeah, actually. Yeah, pretty much just Scottsdale. <laughs> Why well, is it? Is Arizona kind of try? Like, is that a Canadian tourist take of me to have for me to love Arizona? No, I mean, I love I love Arizona too, but I, I I love where I live. You're in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, Texas. I, I was I was in Texas for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was in Georgetown, Texas. I don't know how far that is from you. Is that far from you? Guess where I live, buddy. You live in Dallas, Georgetown. You live in Georgetown. Yeah. What the fuck, man? I was literally I was literally there for a wedding, not That's like two crazy. weeks ago. Where what where was what what was the venue? It was um, I gotta pull it up. It was uh, it was like just this weird venue. It's it's just right. It's it's off like kind of like a highway type of thing, but it isn't really a highway. But I didn't know you're from fucking Georgetown. That's hilarious, dude. Where'd you stay? Um, uh, we stayed just on the outside of it. Like we stayed at an Airbnb. Um, okay. yeah, but no, yeah, this venue was nice. It was just, uh, it was on, it was close to Cedar drive. I think it was Lake Georgetown area. Okay. Yeah, I know where that is. That's yeah. Like, well, like 20 minutes. Yeah. No, I, I didn't realize how big like Texas is in general. Cause first of all, like I, I had a connecting flight in like Austin, I think it was right. Yeah. That makes sense. Or is that? No, no, no. Dallas. No, yeah. I was yeah. going to say Dallas or Houston. Dallas and it was like a 30 minute flight from Dallas to Texas or to Austin but it was like I don't even know how long the drive was it was just a long ass fucking drive it's just massive yeah and you when you got here were you like amazed by how flat it is it is dude it's so flat like what I write what I because obviously living here and like and stuff like that there's a lot of like hill like uh uh escarpments hills and shit like that in Texas it's just fucking it is just full flat land it is like when when, when I first came here to, to like visit my wife or when she was my girlfriend at the time i i landed and i was like this shit is flat but you can see for for miles it's crazy how cheap shit is there though i was amazed i literally just i I got so fucked up i was i wasn't i wasn't sober there for an hour i was there with hagger it was me and hagger really yeah i'm surprised i didn't fucking say i don't know if he knows you live there but i should have said something i mean Hager's your boy, obviously. You, you fucking came up in the system with it. You know him pretty well, right? Yeah. Hager? Yeah. Yeah. He's such a good dude. I, I hope he signs with the team, man. Fuck. I, I got I visited him last year in Cincinnati and stuff like that. He was uh he at least he got showtime though. Seriously, man. That's yeah, he's 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 an all-time dude. That guy probably I don't even want to know what that guy's DMs are like. When I was there actually, um in Cincy, there was a rain delay. And I just remember looking down the third baseline and like just Cincinnati Bengals cheerleaders were talking to him like this fucking guy. Like I asked him after the game, he's like, oh, it's nothing, man. Whatever. He's just pulling fucking Bengals cheerleaders. He's just the greatest. But Dude, um, to, the, to this day, I have not I have not faced him. Really? Bro, I've played against him every single year and haven't faced him one time. That would be such an electric at bat. I mean, that's crazy because I mean, you guys. Yeah, it's like he was with the Brewers minor league system, the D-backs yeah. last year. Um. Yeah, Reno. Right? Do you guys yeah. fate would face them? Right, Reno. Yeah, I missed him. I missed him in the big leagues against Arizona. Yeah, and then every single time we play Reno, he'd he'd be like on deck or in the hole, and <laughs> they don't want that lefty righty matchup. But uh, so the second last thing I want to talk about is I I saw this conspiracy theory on Twitter, and maybe you could back me up on it because I know you're big on the Elf on a Shelf type of stuff here. A lot of people are starting to say that the Elf on a Shelf thing is the biggest fucking scam sham of all time. And maybe I'm not a father, so I, I can't speak on it. But am I right with this, that you have to move him every single night? Yeah. That's a night. Like, you know how many marriages probably fucking ended from, like, the dad just, like, forgetting to move the elf on a shelf and the kid having a fucking meltdown? Dude, it, like, it it was, like, it started <laughs> off, we were like, okay, like, let's let's introduce Reese with, like, a, like an elf on the shelf cartoon like and it was like a whole like movie segment where it was like oh this kid touches their their elf and then he's got to go to the elf hospital because he loses his magic and all this bullshit and then so it like it started with him just being plopped up on a tree blah blah blah. 
And of course, my son being two going on three, it was like early, like, I'm going to touch it. Like, and I was like, no, you can't touch it, blah, blah. And so he touched it. So I was like, <laughs> all right, two days, he's out. He's on the IL. And uh, <laughs> so then, and then like, originally I was like, just moving him. And like, so Tiff got this thing to where it's like, uh, we ordered it and it was like 70 bucks. And so we're like, okay, cool. Like we got a elf on the shelf or whatever. The package shows up. It's only activities for the elf to do the no elf. And so we're like, what the fuck? we don't, we don't even have an elf, but we got like 20 activities for this thing to do. And so we finally ended up getting the, the elf. And then eventually, like I started like Googling like funny stuff. And like, I started using, cause he, my son loves Spider-Man right now, Buzz Lightyear, all that stuff. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to slowly like, I, and it, it blossomed into like a big thing to where like Tiff would post it on her Instagram. And then people would be like, I can't wait for him to see what he's doing tomorrow. But um, <laughs> I mean, it, it got to the point where I was like, because usually I'll get off video games at like midnight, 1145. And then I wouldn't go to bed till like 1230 because I'm like planning this entire thing and like not like making all this stuff up, like using fishing wire to like suspend things, bro. Like it was hilarious. <laughs> That's all time. It, I'm telling you, man, it has probably costed so many fucking uh, marriages just parents refusing or forgetting to do it and the kid just having a goddamn colossal meltdown. Oh yeah. Go like, look at like this is one. Yeah, like dude, that that's a lot of work. Like I'm lazy as fuck. There is no chance that I would fucking go into that. Yeah, like it and especially like I I did this one, he was taking a dump. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so like it it's hard to to make that thing stay and and not move. <laughs> it's not easy it's all time and speaking of your kid i mean you got you're a golf guy you got to start getting your kid into golf i mean that's one thing that i regret like just being a child and like my parents getting me into all the sports i wish i just played golf growing up it, it first of all you get to be the biggest cockiest piece of shit to your friends when you go out to golf with the boys stuff like that because you just dust them on the golf course it, it's the greatest like in my opinion it's one of the greatest sports to be good at is golf like you got to get your son into golf Dude, he, he had like every day he asked me to not like every day, but most days he asked me, okay, like let's play baseball. And so like, I have to, like, I'll throw him balls. He'll hit them. And then, um, at our workout spot, we have a golf simulator. And so he, I'll bring him in there every once in a while and I'll bring his little nine iron that he has. And yeah. And he'll go hit balls. Like, bro, he gets the ball off the ground. Like he just doesn't hit it. So it's like, okay, like he's actually like hitting the golf ball. He's not just like swinging a club and making contact. You know what I mean? God damn it. That's electric. I wish that was me. That That's going to be my son. Like my son is going to be playing like golf. He's not going to be playing. I, I'm not getting him into this baseball shit. Fuck yeah. that. But maybe yeah, golf and maybe hockey or something like that. Cause obviously in Canada, but uh, anyways, man. So this is the last thing I want to talk about here. Obviously you being with the Yankees, stuff like that. I mean, seeing last year, the success you had, I mean, what are you going to be doing now? like this off season, like what are some things you're working on specifically this off season and maybe like get you to that next step or just like, are you staying consistent with it? Um, there was, there were some things that I, that I worked on last year, um, mechanically, um, or worked on last off season that took me into last year. Um, just maintaining that, like just getting my body into better positions. And like, I mean, cause the, the crazy thing to me is like, I started pitching in 2006, or 2017 yeah 2017 I did both 2018 I did both and then 19 I was in the big leagues and so I was never like taught anything you know what I mean it was like oh you can you haven't pitched in six years here go ahead start pitching oh wait you throw strikes and get people out we're just gonna leave you alone you know what I mean so like yeah my shoulders shoulder hip separation was dog shit like it and like everything rotated at one time like I didn't really understand like a a clean mechanic delivery, you know what I mean? And so I, I worked on that last off season that I think that translated over to this year to where I was now able to be more effective with like my location, my command. Cause I've always, I've never had a problem throwing strikes. And like, I think this year it just elevated that to where like now I was really able to throw the ball where I wanted it. And I think that obviously with a, a cleaner delivery, I was getting later life. So like all my stuff looked better. Um, and then towards the end of the year, 
like that that's one thing that i am thankful for the mariners is like their whole emphasis on sweeping a slider because i've never been able to have like a big sweeping breaking ball or anything that's going away from a lefty all like if i threw my yeah. curveball would be more 12 six and if i threw my slider it was short you know what i mean yeah and so i the whole year like our pitching coach was like we, we gotta sweep a slider we gotta sweep a slider and i was like dude i can't like i got small fingers like i can't get leverage on the ball it just pops out of my hand. So like, I finally like just kept messing with it, kept messing with it. And then um, the last outing of the last outing I had of last season, I would mess, I was messing around with like a lower arm slot, which like when I, they, he was like, dude, just please try it. Cause I'd mess around with catch play all the time. He's like, dude, let me get you on track, man, blah, blah, blah. And so I did that. And then like all my stuff skyrocketed, like action scores, everything took off. So I was like, all right, whatever. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with it yet. And I'm not willing to put one in someone's back for me to say like, Hey, look, look at what I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, the last two outings, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna do it. Like, whatever. Like I, I'm having, I had a great year, like whatever. And first time in my career was my last outing for the first lefty I faced first time in my career, three sliders in a row strikeout first time in my career ever really i was like okay like maybe we're onto something throw another slider lefty swing and miss and i was like okay and then so after the game i figured i was like i go and ask i was like hey what was that slider like my slider before was like like the good ones would be seven eight inches of uh, movement glove side those were like 15 16 so i was like okay like i think we might be onto something then and then so just from there taking that into this offseason trying to really understand how i can manipulate and shape that and then obviously just keeping my change up. Hell yeah, dude. Well, man, I, I'm pumped for you, bro. I really am. Obviously, I mean, it's a good opportunity playing with the Yankees. They're going to give you a chance no matter what, <clears throat> especially going into that spring training. You're probably going to be seeing a lot of innings and stuff like that. So I'm pumped for you, bro. And hopefully, hopefully you're there when they come to Toronto, because I'd be sick to go out with you and uh, see the, you get to see the city and stuff like that. You've never been to Toronto, right? Nope. There it is. All right. So we're going to, I'm going to get you down for coming to Toronto, man. I'm pumped for you. And, uh, Keep doing your thing, bro. Honestly, like it pit me being your boy. It pissed me the fuck off to see you still in AAA last year. So I, I'm glad you're getting that opportunity now to be in the to get like to be a big league guy again. So keep doing your thing, man. And uh, I'll be tuned in and I'll be uh, dialed in with you. So just keep doing it. All right, Johnny. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Official Unofficial Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you.